Bonjour everyone. Cuckoo. Welcome to Eurofile. My name is Kate Walker. And I'm Catherine Rory. How are you, Kat? What's I'm going doing on? good. This I'm, week. I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm trying to think of what's new, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, just getting ready for the holidays. Yeah. That's what I mean, did we do last week? We saw we, we saw oh my god, you guys, we saw House of Gucci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kate, what did you think? Role. Okay, I would say heavy like. I say I love. really wanted to, I know, I know you did. I wanted to like it more than I did. However, it was simply too effing long. It was, it was so just too fucking long. long. If it's it longer than like a long. Harry Potter movie or even maybe a Lord <laughs> no of the Rings. No one's going to care. I'm it's sorry. It's too long. Yeah. No one cares. And like we care a lot and that yeah. was still a long time for too us. Too long. Yeah. And Jared Leto, don't give a shit about that storyline. No. Don't, don't think I don't much. think I don't like the way he acted. Everyone yeah. else was good. Gaga was amazing. Yeah. Do you think they humanized her character too much? Or maybe I because say, yeah. you're on yeah. you're you're like with her the whole time. We assume you know the story. We assume you listened to our episode about it that Kate did a while ago. That was a great episode. Wasn't you know, my that, that, best that, work, but okay. I was I very it. nervous because I knew we had like yeah. it was a big deal. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we assume everyone knows the story, and 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 it's like you're on team Patrizia because you're like mm-hmm. fuck this guy, and and like you you get I'm it. always you, on a the woman's team yeah like yeah, from the get-go unless you, unless you show me differently yes yeah i agree you know and well, she does eventually but like mm-hmm. for the whole movie mm-hmm. you're on her team yeah you are and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's like i want him dead and you're like what <laughs> is this pharmacistic in double indemnity <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly okay. so you're on her team you're on her team and then you're like whoa mm-hmm. what's happening now you're in a mud bath and we're off we're off yeah. your team. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, compelling story. Yeah. The Hollywood version. Yeah. Everyone did a great job, except for Jared Leto. Minus Jared Leto. He was the weak link. Well, a, abuser. Yeah. We, we're not team Jared anyway. B, a joke. He was a caricature. But it was a good time. And we had a good time. It was a fun story. Yeah. And we made a day out of it because mm-hmm. we went to Italy. Mm-hmm shopped around we mm-hmm. got panettone mm-hmm. my first panettone i've ever had mm-hmm. amazing like we're on wild. a real that fucking panettone so kick to me <laughs> we can't get enough and we go you know have lunch go splurge mm-hmm. a little like have some delicious butternut squash ravioli yeah delicious mm-hmm. good wine yeah Buy uh, we had a really cozy and... day yes yeah. uh-huh. and then we did little shopping like in the they're like little grocery yeah we love italy love yeah love that is my disneyland so do you mind if i get started oh, yeah okay because it's my week this week let's do it um i'm a probably two glasses of wine in i am currently <laughs> sipping on a beer martini <laughs> beer teeny beer teeny is what i call it you know i i'm not a huge drinker but honestly, this is really hitting. Yeah. So after our day at Italy, I'm indulging. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this week, you know, speaking of indulging, Ooh, okay. indulge a Talk little bit to me. more. <laughs> Tell me about but it. This indulgence is material. Uh, okay. Good, 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 good. We're going to talk about Jules, <gasps> famous Jules of Europe. 
stop. But we're going to talk about cursed jewels of Europe. <gasps> Shut up. I know you'd like it. I cater to you. <laughs> this also okay. is like creepily similar to my mini topics. And this is amazing. Ooh, okay, great. <laughs> okay, On the good. same wavelength. Wow, I love us. Adore us. You know, we all love a good story. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and we're starting off strong. With the Hope Diamond. <gasps> good, okay. good, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a brilliant blue stone acquired by Jean-Baptiste Tavernier in India in the 17th century. Jean-Baptiste Tavernier purchased 112 3 sixteenths carat diamond <laughs> in India. Okay. So this diamond was from the Colmer Mind in India. So it was somewhat triangular in shape and crudely cut so he described it as a beautiful violet and so he sold this diamond to king louis the 14th of france in 1668 okay so in 1673 the stone was recut resulting in a 67 and 1 8 carat stone so it was <laughs> 112 to roughly 67 so yeah. quite a bit yeah is gone but you gotta um, take it off to if, if you want an impact i mean uh, yeah i know i you yeah i've worked you know. with luxury jewelry yes some of the best in the world mm-hmm. that sounds fancy. Yeah. i just you know stumbled <laughs> upon my way there i don't know how my career got mm-hmm. there but i think if you have a stone like that size the best way to do it justice like who cares so much you take off as long as you get like the the impact the yes exactly yeah. like to mm-hmm. make it the most brilliant beautiful way possible mm-hmm. and so i bet that's what they did yes so its color was described as an intense steely blue or french blue oh it was set in gold and suspended on a neck ribbon which the king wore <sighs> on ceremonious occasions ceremonial wow i am three drinks in okay so <laughs> we will we're not gonna be in a great place but we're in a fun place <laughs> So, so um, fun. <laughs> okay, so we're fast forwarding, say, almost 100 years. So King Louis the 15th, wow, Roman numerals are hard, in 1749 um, had the stone reset in, it's called the Order of the Ceremonial Fleece, or Toisson d'Or. Mm. Um, it's just basically a different setting for this. So in 1791, after an an attempt on Louis the 16th, yeah, and Marie Antoinette, they take the jewels and turn over to the government because obviously they were not in power anymore. Here, take this. It's not going to help your situation, but okay. Not going to help your head, but it (laughs) will do something. So basically it was like looted during this time okay so several references that like suggest later it was acquired by king george the fourth in like obviously in the uk and at his death in 1830 he was really in debt so it was sold through private channels so basically there was like various other owners yada 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 yeah but basically like the next owner of significance was in 1839 it was entered in this gem collection of this man who is known as Henry Philip Hope. So this okay, is where I was wondering. Like, okay. the name comes from, Hope Diamond. So the stone was sold eventually and landed in possession of Pierre Cartier. 
1909. So Cartier was not only a gifted jeweler, but he was a seasoned salesman. Uh And so he convinced American heiress Evelyn Walsh McLean to purchase this diamond, you know, telling her this like fanciful story of like the French king and Marie Antoinette. Yeah, of course. How can you not be tempted by that? Are you kidding? Yes. And so he convinced her that, you know, the Hope Diamond would bring her luck, even though its previous owners had lost their head to the guillotine. Yes. You know. Um, God, so juicy. You know, it worked. And she mm-hmm. purchased it. And sometime after, you know, the stone entered her possession, is it cursed? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Her son died in a car accident. Her husband ran off with his mistress and their fortune. And Fuck that you know, that didn't stop there. It didn't stop at her immediate family. So her family's newspaper went bankrupt and her daughter died, an accidental overdose of sleeping pills. And she soon became an alcoholic and died the year after her daughter died. Jeez. And then she was also in debt. So her, you know, her jewels were sold to sold. pay her debts yeah. to Harry Winston, which I don't know if you know, but, you know, same yeah. tier as Cartier. Mm-hmm. So Harry Winston is in possession currently of the Hope Diamond, and they donated the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian, and so it's on display at the Smithsonian. But they do, like, put it on display different places, mm-hmm. but at the end, it is 45 carats compared to the original 112 bought mm-hmm. by Tavernier. Jeez, wow. Yeah. Do you know that I know someone who has handled the Hope Diamond? Shut up. That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, apparently the curse is if you touch it, you're cursed. Do you think that is true? I mean, I don't believe I in it. I feel like it's a owner thing. He, I mean, he's lived a great life. Okay, so our next piece of jewelry okay. is the Koei Noor diamond so the Koh-i-Noor diamond which means mountain of light in Persian Mm. is currently the centerpiece of the Queen Mary's crown of the queen so like yes like the queen of England has this crown today okay well while there's no record of its original weight its earliest like attested weight was 186 carats (gasps) but now weighs 105 carats like cut jesus christ that is still huge disgustingly huge i mean huge huge as as like a a beautiful thing that's come from this earth but like to own that is disgusting it's disgusting (laughs) it's kind of the same thing with being a billionaire yeah yep so the stone is rumored to originate in india's golconda's mine where some of the most breathtaking gems have ever been found Wow. On Earth. Wow. So the Koi Enor is known for changing owners frequently throughout its history due to the murder of its previous owner. So Ooh. in 1849, the stone was presented to Queen Victoria, who was a sovereign of mm-hmm. the sovereign of India at the time. Okay. So during its long journey to England, many unfortunate accidents happened, such as okay. like cholera broke out on the ship. Mm-hmm. And the ship almost sank in a storm, and many of the crew lost their lives, but eventually it did end up making it okay. to London. Yikes. So in 1851, it went on display at the Great Exhibition in London, but since it wasn't cut very well, 
People mm-hmm. didn't care about it. They didn't understand like, that it was an shining. impressive It's not shining. It's not brilliant. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't catch the light. So Prince Albert ordered it to be recut as an oval brilliant, which I don't really know what that means, but I'm glad for him, I guess, because so by modern standards, the cutlet, so it's like, I guess the point at the bottom of a gemstone is unusually broad. So it gives the illusion of like a black hole. So it's not super impressive. So in order for it to be impressive, he had it recut. And so now it looks like full of life, I guess. Yes. Like brilliant. And so Queen Victoria, Prince Albert's wife, wore the stone as a brooch and a circlet. So a circlet is, I had to look that up. I've never heard of that. No idea what that was. Is sort of like a piece of headgear that's sort of similar to a diadem. It almost just looks like a string that's like placed on the head, like sort of in the middle of the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, I mean, delicate choice for her. And then after she died in 1901, it was set in the crown of Queen Alexandra. Mm -hmm. And then it was transferred to the crown of Queen Mary. And then Queen Elizabeth. Okay. We know. Mm -hmm. So it is in her crown. Yeah. And so today, It is displayed at the Tower of London, part of the Crown Collection. Oh. And legend says that it has a Hindu curse placed on the diamond, (gasps) saying that only women can wear this diamond without harm. I almost said, like, what? If men should wear it, they will encounter great misfortune. Mm. Oh, I like that. None of the men have worn this. Oh, good. I like like that. That's fun. Okay, so the next stone that we're going to talk about is the Delhi Purple Sapphire. Which is a lie, because it's not, in fact, a sapphire. It's an amethyst. And they don't really know, you know, the full spectrum of gems, I guess, or just lying to sell it. I don't really know, but this is also known as the gem of sorrow. So this says that this haunted object does not bring accidental death, but it brings misfortune and deep sorrow. Ooh. It's rumored to have been stolen by a British soldier from the Temple of Indra. So Indra was the Hindu god of war and weather. Oh, okay. So before he left India, he, or another like cavalryman, took what is believed to be a purple sapphire from the temple, which was supposed to be like, you know, naughty, naughty. Shouldn't have done that. Don't touch. Don't take. Yeah. And then he returned home to his family. So as soon as he returned returned home to England, he began to suffer a series of financial misfortunes and was really close to ruin in his family. Mm -hmm. So at first, he blamed his poor judgment, but every single person in his family suffered a series of debilitating illnesses, and he thought, like, (gasps) this is because of the curse. It's because I took this. Come on. Gem. And his fears were confirmed when he lent the stone to a friend of the family who inexplicably committed suicide. (gasps) The stone was then passed through the hands of his son, all finding their ends in suicide, financial ruin, and misfortune. Oh, Jesus. And the last private owner was writer Edward Heron Allen. So it's also called the Heron Allen Stone. Because of this man. Mm -hmm. 
So he instructed his banker to place the stone inside seven boxes and lock it away for anyone to see. So he was, like, aware of, like, the curse of this. Mm -hmm. So 33 years after Heron Allen's death, the stone was allowed to see the light of day. And according to, like, a letter he wrote before his death, it should be thrown far into the sea because he also experienced misfortunes because of this. And he thought it was because of the stone. Heart of the ocean, throw it to the sea. (laughs) so basically what happened to him was that he was a scientist and a writer you know rational like wasn't really suspecting of curses anything like that and he agreed to lend the Delhi sapphire to a friend and the friend was immediately unlucky he had the string of misfortunes then he was like Okay, I kind of see where mm-hmm. yeah, it's one all true. would think that these curses, yeah. And so he reluctantly was given back the stone, even though he owned it. He also began to suffer misfortunes as well. Okay. So then he threw the stone into Regent's Canal in London. Uh-huh. He was like, I'm just, it's not worth it. I'm just getting rid of this. Yes. <laughs> So it said, unfortunately, the sapphire had other ideas. Some months later, the ring, I guess it was set in a um, ring, set in a ring, was dredged from the canal and taken to a local jeweler. This is literally like Jumanji or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, How was even months later? That should be gone for years. Yeah. And so the jeweler, he recognized the stone because he had mounted it on a ring for this <laughs> yeah heron allen and he believed that he was performing an act of kindness when he returned the ring and <gasps> you know here heron allen is like no i'm gonna lend get it to my friend sight. again mm-hmm. yeah like get it away from me and the friend was this professional singer never sang again couldn't <gasps> okay yeah <gasps> I believe. I believe. And so he was literally, like, exhausted, exasperated. He packed the Delhi Sapphire into seven boxes with good luck charms, put it in his safe deposit box, and instructed for it to not be open until after his death. He was like, I am done now. Done here. Yeah. And so he warned that the Delhi Sapphire is accursed and it is stained with the blood and the dishonor of everyone who has ever owned it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in 1944, he died. And so despite insisting that the box containing the Delhi Sapphire should not be open for 33 years, his daughter Mm -hmm. opened it as quickly as she could and sent it to the Natural History Museum. And there it stayed until 1972. So this curator found it or something. I guess Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, languishing in a drawer somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) There was a strange letter with it. The end of it said, whoever opens this box, do whatever you want with it. My advice, however, is to throw it with the sea. Mm -hmm. Wow. Into the sea. And so the mysterious Delhi Sapphire is now permanently on display as a part of London's Natural History Vault collection. Okay. It's safe in a museum, I think. You know, mm-hmm. no one really owns it. I just think, don't steal anything. That's bad juju. Well, of course. I agree. Yeah. So next, we're going to talk about the Black Prince's Ruby. Ooh, okay. This is also 
a part of the collection of the English royals. I might as well have just said we're going to England at this point. I don't know. (laughs) You know, because they love to take... We go somewhere else. So, okay. So, if you look at coronation images from, you know, years past, Mm -hmm. you can't miss this ruby because it's like a big blood red Mm -hmm. stone in the center of the imperial state crown. So it does currently is used. Oh, okay. So just like the Delhi Purple Sapphire, it is also not the stone that it is described as. So mm-hmm. it's called the spinel. 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 Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. So it's the biggest uncut spinel in the world. So it's only ever been polished. It's never ever been properly cut oh that's really cool Mm -hmm. i know i think that's that's really interesting because it's never been cut but it's still in the imperial state crown yeah yeah like naturally brilliant you know maybe i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know It, it does look a little like cloudy okay like looking at it you're like this is a an organic stone okay yeah so the black prince ruby dates back okay we're going back okay we're going back to the 14th century so it was in the possession of abu Sayyid. he was an arab muslim prince of granada so in spain Mm -hmm. so at that time the rule of castile was being centralized to sevilla granada was like a moorish kingdom at that time so not catholic okay and it was being systematically attacked and you know it was sort of a part of the christian reconquest of the iberian peninsula you know trying to make it like catholic christian again okay yeah or for the first time so abu Sayyid, in particular was confronted by pedro of castile so he was known as don pedro the cruel and yeah so he was you know they said that don pedro was fighting with abu sayed and abu sayed wished to surrender to don pedro but the you know like historically the conditions of surrender were unclear whatever but what was clear was that don pedro welcomed abu sayed to sevilla okay so it's recorded that Abu Sayyid was very wealthy and Don Pedro the Cruel is very jealous of this wealth mm-hmm. and wanted it for himself. It was said that when Abu Sayyid met with Don Pedro, Abu Sayyid had his servants killed and personally stabbed Abu Sayyid to death himself. Yes. And there are two variations of what happens, good. but basically it said that Sayyid's corpse was searched and the spinel was found and added to don pedro the cruel's possessions mm-hmm. or it was removed from his tomb like so his oh, his okay. dead body either yeah. way doesn't not bode well for you pedro don pedro yeah so in 1366 don pedro's illegitimate brother henry of trasimata led a revolt against don pedro he lacked the power to put the revolt down unaided. Don Pedro made an alliance with the Black Prince. So that's where the name of this stone okay. comes from. He was the son of Edward III of England. So the revolt, you know, was easily put down with the aid of English forces. And the Black Prince demanded the ruby in exchange for his services in helping, you know, oh. extinguish this revolt. Yeah. 
And also, he took King Pedro's two daughters, Doña Costanza of Castile and Doña Isabella of Castile, and married them to his brothers. So, like, that was another form of payment. So, nine years later, Edward found his gruesome end through a mysterious illness he contracted at the time he received this jewel. Ooh, I wonder what it was. So, what was the illness? I don't know. Syphilis? I was going to say, it has to be. <laughs> um, Black Plague? I don't know. 1366 was the last time I That just sounds in, like a cursed year in and of itself. I know. 1366? Yeah, 1300s. Yeah. Best of luck to you so, living in that year. <laughs> I, yeah. It could just be a common cold at this point. Like, we <laughs> yeah. don't know. And you're an old um, man of 38. <laughs> 36, Yeah. <laughs> The stone was passed through Britain's royal rulers. Even Henry V wore the ruby, the spinel, in the Battle of Agincourt, where he died. Mm-hmm. And Richard III wore it in the Battle of Bosworth, where he also died. And so now it's set in the imperial state crown, where there are incidents of fires and bombs in the palace where the crown was at the time. Mm-hmm. So bad. Eee. Yeah. Bad juju. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk about a pearl this time. We're oh, not going to talk about okay. gems. We love a pearl. This has something to do with pearls and Hollywood. Okay. <gasps> Glam. So we're going to talk about La Peregrina Pearl. La mm-hmm. Peregrina. This has something to do with Lizzie Taylor. Elizabeth <gasps> Taylor. Herself. Wow. Yeah. The, the queen of jewels. Yes. So we know Elizabeth Taylor loved her gems, Mm -hmm. and one of her favorites was the Peregrina Pearl, Mm a 51-carat pearl, (laughs) and it was one of the biggest pearls ever found in the world. Yeah. It measures approximately 0.7 inches by one inch. So it is very large. Huge. Whoa. It's so beautiful. I personally love pearls the most. Yeah. So La Peregrina means the pilgrim or wanderer in Spanish. And the pearl was discovered in the Gulf of Panama in the 16th century. And King Philip II of Spain gave the pearl to Queen Mary of England before their marriage in the 1500s. But he abandoned her and she died in 1558 without an heir. She was nicknamed Bloody Mary. Oh, duh. I was going to say, is this who we think it is? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. After her death, because, you know, obviously the hundreds of Protestants she ordered to be executed during her, like, reign of Mm -hmm. terror, essentially. So following her death, La Peregrina Pearl was returned to King Philip II, and then he proposed to marry the first younger half-sister, Elizabeth I. So the pearl was worn by Spanish royalty until the 19th century when Napoleon invaded (laughs) and the french seized the spanish crown and subsequently the pearl wow okay the pearl was passed down to members of the bonaparte family which was ultimately sold in the end to lord james hamilton in 1873 and then sold at auction at sotheby's in 1969 to (gasps) you guessed it richard burton oh my god to give to his wife Mm -hmm. elizabeth taylor as a valentine's day present oh so, my god yeah so the couple you know obviously elizabeth taylor has been married quite a few times yeah. but the couple themselves were married and divorced twice with their second marriage only lasting you know nine months are they cursed 
by the pearl or are they just cursed by their relationship we'll never know we will say that man knew how to give a gift yeah 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 make it big you know (laughs) um and historic Mm -hmm. um so after liz taylor's death in 2011 la peregrina pearl was bought for 11.8 11.8 million by an anonymous buyer at Christie's. Jesus. And that's the end of our venture into cursed wow. jewels and pearls. Oh, God. I by European love this morals. so much. We, we love a curse. We love mm-hmm. like a rare, beautiful thing that has come from the earth. You know, like... And people think it's just theirs to take. Yeah, there are so many others. It's doomed from the there start. There are so many other ones. I There's, love this like, stuff. We could do an, a part two. Yeah. Eventually. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing subject. Thank topic. you. I'm Thank very you. exhausted. That was lots of facts, lots of years, <laughs> yeah. lots of people. But, you know, I, but, I was there for the ride. I oh, Every so word bad. I was hanging on. <laughs> Let's go to our little mini topic, please. This is really crazy because I'm going to talk about a cursed ring. Whoa. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is really crazy. So, I mean, Mm. has anyone here heard of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? Mm. Oh, yes, I think so. (laughs) You might have seen it. You know, you might be like Mm. me and fucking love it. That hit me later in life, like two years, a year ago little me in like third grade got the ring on a necklace for Christmas and like cried about it and so like mm. nerd from the beginning my precious you did not give me a country you told me all, all of Europe mm-hmm. earlier you mentioned we should have done England and that's we're gonna go to England for okay, my little main great. topic so like great I am telling you about a cursed ring <laughs> that was found in England wow Weird. Honestly, it's weird. We're so on. This is really strange. So mm-hmm. it's called the Ring of Silvianus, and it is a ring that was found in Silchester, England mm-hmm. from Roman times. And it is okay. believed to Great. be the inspiration for the one ring from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Wow, okay. So we know okay. it has a good story. Okay. So it was discovered in 1785 in a field of a farm near Silchester, a town of mm-hmm. Roman origins. So there mm-hmm. have been many archaeological discoveries and digs there mm-hmm. for centuries. Mm-hmm. And it is thought... Wow, we sound so smart this week, I think. <laughs> we, we're brilliant people. Uh, That's why everyone tunes in, because we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And <laughs> it's, it's assumed that, you know, a local farmer found it in 1785, mm-hmm. and he sold it to the wealthy estate called The Vine. So it's sometimes it's called The Vine Get your Money. Ring. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Get your money. That You're on that cash it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like Megan's done. Megan. And it's still at this country estate today. And it is very large. So it's believed that it was de- designed to be worn outside of a glove. And I just oh, love little details so like that. interesting. I know. It's really I didn't know that that was ever a thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's chilly in, in Why would England. You do that? You're Roman, yeah. riding around the countryside. What if you're warm? It's r- warm in Italy. 
What if they ever went home? Ever? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Forget about the gloves. You rip them yeah. off, and then and then you then can't you wear your wear ring. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, Interesting choice. Okay. <laughs> but it made a lot of sense to 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 Sylvianus to you know show his status by having this giant ring made that mm. could he could wear out and about. So they thought, cool, we found this Roman ring. Then we have a couple decades later. We're in the early 19th century now. A lead plaque known as a curse tablet was discovered some 80 miles away. So we have this Mm. tablet. Curse tablet. And it's found at another archaeological site of a Roman temple dedicated to the god Nodens. He is the god of the sea, hunting, and healing. And like wow, I said... he's very... He's, prolific. He has it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just pray to him for everything, I guess. Yeah. So, like I said, it's 80 miles from the vine. Okay, so from this where is like a long time. Yeah, a long like, way. It's, it's, it's still Especially in southern back then. England. But yes, yeah, exactly. So, the plaque is inscribed with a curse. And it says, Oh, God. For the god Nodens, Sylvianus has lost a ring and has donated one half its worth to Nodens. Among those named Senesianus, permit no good health until it's returned to the temple of Nodens. That's a good curse. So it's like, it's basically like Sylvianus saying, I know a man named Senesianus and he, I know he stole this ring and I'm cursing him. Ooh, okay. And so, I'm, I'm sorry. Also, I realized I skipped this detail. So on the ring, there is the face of Venus, and there is also... I already love it. I know. The name Sensianus is inscribed on it. Oh, okay. So he did. So, you, but it. you know, 80 miles away, there's a ring with Sensianus on it. Then there's a tablet saying someone named Sensianus stole yeah. this. I curse him. Mm-hmm. So in 1929, the archaeologist Sir Mortimer Wheeler was excavating at the site where the tablet was found. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who makes the connection because he's like, oh my God, there's, I, I don't know why. It took not like you a hundred years, yeah, but it took yeah. this long for someone to realize, hey, there's a ring with the name Sensianus on it, mm-hmm. and there's a tablet mm-hmm. cursing him. Then, so Wheeler calls upon his friend, Professor J.R.R. Tolkien, who Stop. is the professor of That's Anglo-Saxon fun. studies at Oxford University, mm-hmm. to investigate mm-hmm. and like tell him more about Nodens, because he was, you know, working on that site. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we think, people think, that they got to talking. And this is probably what inspired Tolkien to start writing The Hobbit, which was published totally. like less yep. than 10 mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. So that's the story of the curse of the Ring of Sylvianus and how it became to be that's Lord of the Rings. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's yeah. a fun story. Really, really cool. Wow. I've been saying for weeks I need to watch Lord of the Rings because that's like my winter. That yeah. and Harry Potter are like my winter movies. After so Christmas. We have to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hope nice. you enjoyed this weird connection of our yeah, I know. Curse topic jewelry. and topic. <laughs> or hex on a thief. Yes. Yeah. Don't steal mm-hmm. is yeah. the moral is of the, the story. Mo- yeah. Which we exactly. all should know. Okay, Kat, mm-hmm. do you have a recommendation this oh, week? Oh, okay. Yes, I do. Mm. So I follow someone on Instagram who mm. his name his his handle is at Emilienne Emilienne and he oh. is 
You follow him, right? I think so. Beautiful. And he Mm -hmm. is like a a French man who is living in L.A., but he travels all over the world. And he's basically Mm -hmm. like a writer and researcher of gastronomy. I, I would say. I don't know. I mean, like, I tried to Google him and, like, you know, there isn't much about him because he's, Nothing. like, a contemporary person. Yeah. But just following him on Instagram and seeing the places he travels and the foods that he eats. I mean, it's honestly, like, once-in-a-lifetime restaurants for, you know, normal people. But he yeah. he, sees, he gets to go there regularly. all the time. And mm-hmm. he's just friends with the chefs. He's friends with, like, beautiful, interesting people. And he just shares mm-hmm. beautiful little snippets of gorgeous food that is you know Mm. really really special so I highly recommend following him on Instagram what do you have for me thank you my recommendation is if you're not trying to shell out a ton of money get your penitone from Trader Joe's (sighs) I was hoping you would recommend that good but I would say the Trader Joe's penitone great Man, it is such a treat. Yeah, that's that was a really good find. And like the Trader Joe's Penitone is like from Pierre something in Italy, like yes. product of Italy. Yeah. It says, and it has the powdered sugar packet, so you can like shake it's it. So and fun like, and delicious. festive. Yeah, we've had one already. I know we're gonna have to have another one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not even the fifteenth of December yet. It's you know yeah (laughs) it's not even the middle of the the month yeah we're gonna need another yes yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. get it while you can one for every day Mm -hmm. we're just working on our health here we are our spiritual health beer teenies and and penitone (laughs) i will without further ado i'll get into our word of the day it's very Mm -hmm. cute so i mean obviously you gave me the whole topic of europe so i was like i guess i'll go with something that kind of fits my topic and so Mm -hmm. i chose an old english word oh it is called elf lock and it means locks of messy hair fancifully regarded as having been tangled by the elves oh adorable cute which is literally me right now specific the fact that you have a word for like tangled hair and Maybe then it's by elves. So, so the elves must have done it. It was the yeah. elves, mom. Like <laughs> not me just not brushing my hair. It was Sleeping. the elves. <laughs> yeah. So very cute. Elf lock. We've all okay. we've all been there. <laughs> Thank you everyone. I hope you have a magical January. Yes, lovely rest of your winter. Mm-hmm. We'll catch you next time. Ciao. Ciao.